0: Tonight's scripture is taken from Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25 in the English Standard Version. I invite you to follow along with me. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs of them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying... Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. The word of the Lord.
1: Well, as as Matt mentioned last week, one of the ways we're trying to make our service a little more family friendly is we're not going to have announcements at the end. And so hopefully you got one of these. Um, Occasionally. Uh, When there's an all-church announcement coming up, I will make it at the beginning, and uh, there is. There's an important family meeting we have coming up next week. Uh, Our shepherding team, as you probably know, has been looking for possible space options that might help us better seek the peace of our city, and uh, we want you to come and join us for an update on what we've learned and uh, to become a part of a family conversation about about this part of our life together. Uh, There'll be two meetings, Sunday, December 9th, after church, Monday, December 10th, at 7. Both will be upstairs in the conference room. There'll be uh, child care on on Sunday night. So we just want to share with you what we've learned about various property options and hear a little bit from you about next steps in the process. Well, as Matt uh, has said, our theme this year in Advent is waiting on God in liminal spaces. The word liminal comes from a Latin word uh, meaning small, yellow, squishy fruit. No, the word, word liminal uh, means threshold. Uh, and a liminal space is a place of transition. It's an in-between place. It's when you're leaving somewhere and going somewhere else. Uh, that's a liminal space. And there's a lot of uh, Bible written in liminal spaces. The desert would be a liminal space when Israel moves from uh, the promised land, or rather from Egypt towards the promised land. And two things usually happen in liminal space either the people of God get really messed up, or they meet Him in profound ways. And so, what we're wondering about this Advent is. What does it look like to wait upon God if you find yourself in a liminal space? And in tonight's story, Zachariah and Elizabeth are in a very unique kind of liminal space that many of you might be in tonight. They have been praying for years that they would have a child. And like any couple today, that was a very important thing. It was very disappointing when when you were not able to conceive if you wanted to. But in their culture, there were a couple of other factors. Uh, having a child was your, your pension. It was how you would care for yourself when you were older. It was how you participated in the mission of Israel. It was how you um, found social status. And so this was a very uh, serious thing that they had been praying and asking God for a child and uh, God had not answered their prayer. And Luke wants us to know that these were people who'd done everything right. Verse 6, they were both righteous. They were walking blamelessly. Uh, He was from the division of Abijah. She was from the daughters of Aaron. In other words, they had the right pedigrees. They'd done everything right. And yet God had not answered their prayer. And in the Old Covenant, this was particularly confusing because in the Old Covenant, there was a straight line drawn between obedience and blessing. If you obeyed, you were supposed to be blessed. And uh, it wasn't working out that way. So I want you to think tonight of an area in your life where you are like Zechariah and Elizabeth. I want you to think about one area in your life where you have asked God over and over and over again to answer a prayer, to give you something you feel that you need, you feel that is in his will, and yet he remains silent. I want you to think about what that prayer would be. Where in your life are you living in the liminal space, the gap between desire and fulfillment? Well, the story starts out with Zacharias serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, and uh, the, the village where the priests live was just a couple mile walk away from Jerusalem, and the priests would come up and serve, and then go back home and tend to their their farms. Uh, and, and, and there would be quite a, a journey back and forth as they served their shifts. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I was just trying to sit with this text this week, but I wondered what, what it might have been like, because Zechariah says he's an older man now. Even the two-mile walk, it's up a hill to Jerusalem. I wonder what it was like if you're 70, 75, and, and, and maybe you're disappointed with God. And you are supposed to be uh, the priest leading all of Israel in worship. I I wonder if sometimes Zechariah would say, as he's packing his little bag, getting ready to go up to the temple. You know, Betsy, I have served God faithfully for all these years. I have done everything I possibly could do to serve him. And he refuses to answer our prayers. And sometimes I feel like such a hypocrite because I'm in there going through my worship and I'm doubting that he really cares. And honey, do you know Seth and Rachel? He's a guy that falls asleep on his shift. He's the worst priest in our division. Five kids. Go figure. Not fair. Not fair. And I wonder, I've actually had the opportunity to walk on that road. Um, There's another road that breaks off of it. One of the roads goes up towards the temple. There's another road that goes south towards the desert. And I wonder if sometimes Zachariah, after all these years of faithfully serving God, doing everything that was right, serving on every committee, crossing every T, I wonder if he w- wondered sometimes, I think I'm going to turn away from the temple and I'm going to walk into the wilderness and I'm going to see what's out there because I'm not finding what I want up there. Well, we don't really know what Zachariah was feeling, but we do know this in this space, this gap, this liminal space, that, that he was faithful. He keeps showing up. He does what he's called to do. And I think this is one thing we can learn when we find ourselves in a liminal space, when you are doubting, when you are struggling, when you bang your head against the wall and you ask again and again and again and again, and God says, no, 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 we stay faithful. We keep doing the things that God has called us to do. We keep our promises, we pray our prayers, we turn towards Jerusalem, and we wait. Now, the whole story turns on this little detail where uh, they are, uh, through lots, through, it's, it's hard to even understand what they were doing. We don't really know exactly how it worked. It was almost like rolling dice. and This random way, Zachariah is the one to go in and serve incense. And that, that was a rare moment. Normally, a priest would only do it once in his life. Many priests never got to do it. It was a very sacred, very holy moment. And that's where he encounters the angel. And what I think is significant about that is Zechariah has absolutely nothing to do with getting into the place where he needed to be to meet the angel and find out what was next. God had to pull the lot. Zechariah is utterly powerless to change his situation. And I find in liminal spaces when there is a gap between where you are and where you think you should be, when there is a gap between what God has told you to do and what you were sure he was going to do, when you're in that liminal space, sometimes acknowledging your powerlessness is one of the most liberating things that you can do. I cannot heal this. I cannot email my way out of it. I can't read my way out of it. God, I have absolutely no resources left to finish this dissertation. God, I, I have no resources left to engage in the social cause that you've put on my heart so passionately years ago, and now it's all fallen apart. I have nothing left. Sometimes powerlessness. Is liberating. So Zechariah goes into the temple to offer incense. He stands at the, at the altar. And he encounters an angel from, from God. And I think this is so important because when we are in those spaces, when we're waiting and confused and we wonder, are we still where we're supposed to be? Did we miss it? Have you ever had that question? I've had that question lately in my times with him. Did I just miss this? I was so sure of X, Y, and Z. Did I just miss it? One of the most important things we can do in a time like that is get into the presence of God is be near God because it's counterintuitive because when you're disappointed with God, when you're mad at God, usually it's unconscious because your conscious mind is Christian enough to know that you shouldn't do it. Uh, Your unconscious says, forget it, God. I'm going to just work 60 hours a week. I'm going to binge on Netflix. I'm going to get way off into Christmas carols or whatever it is. And I pull away from the presence of God and I miss any opportunity to figure out what's going on. And that's why I'm glad you're here tonight. I hope evenings like this are are helping those of you in liminal spaces. I hope you come out with a little bit more clarity. A little bit more guidance. But there are other ways to find uh, a sacred space where you can pay attention to what God is doing. There's other ways where you can meet your own angel. The Greeks called a sacred space dedicated to God, a temenos, a sanctuary, a place set apart for the work of God. And I saw a Christian writer use this word recently to describe a temenos space as a healing circle where a number of Christians, a handful, two or three, would come together to pay attention to God and one another and pray for each other for, for healing and vision and renewal. And I was thinking about this, those of you that are new, we had a a wonderful lady here named Suzanne Hassel for many years. And she was a gifted spiritual director and she died of cancer two years ago. And so many people came to her for spiritual direction that she couldn't handle them all anymore. And so she started training spiritual directors and then she would get them together with three people and they would facilitate spiritual direction. And she called them triads and those triads are still going on today I think that's a terminal space. And I, I want to ask you, do you have one? Do you have a circle of very intimate friends who can help you pay attention to God, who can help you hear the angel, who can help you be in his presence? Well, Gabriel goes on to tell Zechariah that their prayers have been answered, that he will give birth to a child, that he's going to have a... Uh, a special role in the purpose and plans of God. And our text says that Zechariah is troubled and afraid. The Greek word for troubled means to disturb one's calmness. Bet that happened. Fear, Greek word is terror or reverent awe when confronted with the holiness of God. So God hears his prayer, hears Elizabeth's prayer, but in a way that unsettles him and reveals a part of God's plan that must have overwhelmed Zechariah. Remember, let's not romanticize these biblical characters. All the guy wants is a kid. couple of pics on Instagram, that's all he needs. He gets John the Baptist for Pete's <laughs> sake. He's like, wow, God, I didn't know what And it just unsettles him. Here's the lesson, I think. When you've been waiting on God in a liminal space to act, when he finally does act, it may not be in a way that you expect, and it will likely unsettle you and scare you. So be ready for it. And we can even miss what God is doing because it doesn't fit the way we thought he would work. Again, that's why a teminal space, a worship service, is so important. This is why binging Netflix does not help you discern the will of God. There are two kingdoms. The voice of the spiritual kingdom is quiet. And you can miss it. I was listening to a, a lecture this week by a, a therapist, and he was he was talking to a... Uh, older couples on aging, and it was actually videoed, and I looked in, and I thought, huh, they're all my age. Huh, what do I do with that? But anyway, rate, it was a great lecture on, on aging. And he said, you know what I found in therapy after all these years? He says, most of the problems people come into me to talk about as a therapist are not just the symptom of their depression or their anxiety. They are a result of them saying no to life many years earlier. You see what he's saying? That so many of our emotional and spiritual problems are not just because something happened that day. It's because you said no to the angel years ago. You were not true to yourself. You listened instead to the crowd. You followed what everybody thought you should do. You did not step out in faith. You did it again and again and again. You thought it was normal. It wasn't. Your soul died, and now... You're depressed. See, so often when God speaks to us and calls us out of those liminal spaces, we we just run out of the temple because we're scared and it's not what we thought. It's not what we wanted to do. Don't do that, beloved. It'll kill your soul. Some of you are doing it tonight. You know you are. You can feel it in your heart right now. Your heart is pounding. You know that the angel is speaking. You know that he's answering your prayer in a way you didn't expect. And you are saying no because you are afraid. Let me tell you, that will not end well. Perhaps all of this helps us understand Zachariah's odd answer. Zachariah says to the angel, well, how how shall I know this? And the Greek word used there means to understand or make sense or figure out. (laughs) How am I going to understand this? This doesn't make any sense. Explain it to me, Gabriel. It's got to fit in my rational mind. It's got to make, it's got to all work out. How different is Mary's response? We'll look at next week. Mary... Be it done to me according to my word, according to your word. That was Doug's response, (laughs) according to my word. Mary's is done according to your word. Mary submits to the mystery. Zechariah must figure the mystery out. Gabriel is not amused. Critiques Zechariah, tells him he's going to leave the temple mute, unable to speak until his son is born. He leaves the temple making signs, unable to communicate the mystery he had just experienced. You know, you can't think your way through a liminal space. You you can't, friend. You just can't do it. You cannot reason it all out. It doesn't all make sense. Go back, listen to the tape from... Tape, how old am I? Whatever we call it. The podcast from last week. The 8-track, whatever you want to call it. There are two kingdoms. I did have one of those. There are two kingdoms and they operate in two entirely different ways. And the ways of the kingdom are strange. If you got to figure it all out, you're going to miss life. You're going to miss life. I'm going to tell a story here. It's It's a little odd, but it just struck me so powerfully. So... I lead a Bible study with, with a couple people from UT. And one of them is Rick Barnes, the basketball coach. And Rick grew up very poor. And so when it got cold, he called me and he said, you know, do, do, do you have, I know what it's like to be cold. Um, do, do, you, do you have a family that I could maybe just take shopping? And so I prayed about it, found a family. And he uh, said, I want, you know, not a big thing. Let's just go do it. And so this family of sevens had a really rough, rough, rough year. And uh, so Bryden and I go down, meet him at Mass General Store yesterday. Rick kind of quietly comes in, goes, sits in the corner. And for an hour and a half, family buys shoes, coats, shirts, thousands of dollars of stuff. Nobody knows Rick is even there. Rick puts his credit card down, pays for it, they go home. And I I called uh, the mom, who's a friend of mine, and and I said, How are you doing? I know that was both thrilling but also awkward for you. I could tell. I know her pretty well. And she said, oh. she always calls me Coach Doug. Um, she says, Coach Doug, um, you don't know what happened last week, did you? I said, no. And she says, I gave our last dollar to the homeless shelter. And I, I told my family But I believe God wanted us to give sacrificially and that he would provide for
0: us.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, my first thought was this is I'll confess this to you. It's awful close to prosperity theology. Can you imagine that I begin to critique a black woman's theology who sacrificially gives her last dollar, trusting that God will provide, and I criticize her in my head? And I was thinking about that tonight, and I just sensed the Lord say, learn your theology from poor black women for a while. You let me worry about prosperity theology. She knows more about giving and faith than I'll ever know. So I want you to go back to that area that you're thinking about, that liminal space where you just want God so desperately to move and he won't or hasn't. can you quit trying to figure it out? Can you just let it go? (laughs) It's not going to make sense. Now the story has this lovely happy ending, and they get their child, and Elizabeth is blessed, and it's, it's, it's beautiful but I struggled with it. and In the spirit of Matt's opening, I'm going to leave you with my struggle. So we could read this as a story about if you pray hard enough and faithful enough, you'll ultimately get what you want. We could read it that way. And there are verses in Scripture that encourage us to keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, and and to have faith, and, and I get all that. I believe that, and that's what happened with my friend. And so that may be how the story ends for you. It did occur to me that what was it really like to be John the Baptist's parent? When in junior high school he starts rolling in after school with this, you know, Ezekiel outfit on, you know, and uh, just giving hell to the establishment and getting kicked out of class. You know, what was it like to raise John the Baptist? And, and if she lasted long enough, her son was batted. But here's, a, here's, the, here's where I struggle with this. And I me- Remember I mentioned last week this wonderful book on prayer by Andrew Murray? It's this beautiful book on prayer, but it feels a little bit Old Covenant because it sets up this link between if you pray more, he will bless more, and if you don't have blessing, it's because you didn't pray enough. Got to be careful there. Got to be careful there. Well... I've got this thing in my life I've prayed about a long time. And uh, I could tell you supernatural signs that I've had that proved to me that I was on the right track. And I wasn't. It's not the way it worked out. And it really rocked my prayer life for a long time. Actually, it still has. Because I didn't get the happy ending. And so I'm wondering, what does it look like to press into God with faithful prayer when he says no? I was talking about a friend with this, and she wrote me an email. She said, my pastor in Birmingham would challenge us to assess our prayers to understand if we were seeking God's hands Or his heart? His gifts or him? And then she says, in my utmost for his highest, the author writes, whenever the insistence is on the point that God answers prayer, we are off the track. The meaning of prayer is that we get hold of God, not of the answer." And that may be the ultimate purpose of waiting on God in a liminal space. Let's pray.